Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. Change your words and you'll change your life. Turn to Isaiah chapter 57. Man, I just want to take the next four and a half hours and share God's word with you. Amen. I said that one time when I was traveling with the power team. I said that one time and about 40 people got up and walked out of a Baptist church on me before I could tell them I was just joking. It's crazy. Isaiah 57, verse 18 and 19 says, I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will also lead him and restore comforts to him and to his mourners. Here's what I want you to see. I create, everybody say create. create. I create the fruit of the lips. Will heal him. God said, I create. I create. Here's what that means. That God forms, fashions, and molds like a potter. God listens to what we say. Now that's important. God listens to what we say and he forms and fashions according to the fruit of our lips. He forms according to what comes out of your mouth. What's coming out of your mouth? How do we activate God's miracle working power? God said, I have linked my miraculous power to the words that you speak into your life. God said, I create whatever you keep speaking. I create, I fashion what you constantly and consistently pray for and confess and praise for. Whatever you dare to utter, the word fruit means utterance. So God creates the utterance of your lips. So when you speak and keep holding to that confession, then it manifests, manifests miraculous results from God. The Bible says what about confession? Hold fast to your confession. You have the power to speak and confess. Man is God, think about this, man is God's only creation he made that can talk. Just like God, he spoke the world into existence. There's no other creation that can speak. The animals can't talk. You say, say, well, now, wait a minute, a parrot can talk. No, it can repeat words. But it cannot believe in his heart and speak with his mouth. He only repeats. Now, let me get this, let me get this out there right off the bat. I'm not just talking about just saying whatever you want. This is not a name it, claim it, grab it, stab it, whatever you want to do, message. But when you find it in Scripture... And then you believe in your heart, and then you begin to speak that, no matter what you see, you don't go by what you see, but believe God, and believe that word, and what it says, then it will come to pass. That's what the Bible says. Now, here's something I want you to pay real close attention to. God took speech away from the serpent in the book of Genesis. When Satan came in, and used the body of a serpent, 
And apparently, if you read about that, a serpent could walk and talk back then. Now, I'm not, I'm not teaching something weird. Read your Bible. It's in there. The serpent spoke to Eve. And God cursed it. God defeated it and took the legs off of it and, crawl, and it had to crawl on its belly. God took the power to speak away from the enemy. Some of you caught that. Some of you didn't. God took the power away from the enemy to speak. Now, So if a demon is going to talk, he's going to have to talk through somebody. Because demons have no legal right to say anything except in your mind through suggestions, and you don't got to listen to that. You don't have to listen to that. God took speech away from the serpent, but he has not taken speech away from man. Think about this. Maybe you want to write this one down. You are now a deposit. You are now a deposit of everything you have been saying. Change your words and you'll begin to change your life. You are a deposit of everything that you have been saying. If you want to become something different, change what you're confessing. Change what you're saying. God gave you two ears, two eyes, but only one mouth. He wants you to listen twice as much as you talk. And He wants you to watch and see more than you talk. Aren't you thankful that God didn't give your husband or wife two mouths? Men, do not say amen to that. Aren't you glad that God didn't give you two mouths? Because haven't some of you had enough trouble out of the one you've already got? Words literally changes the atmosphere of your life. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 15, therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That verse right there, I want to read that again. Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of that as a young Christian. It changed everything. I realized that what these lips said is what God used to form, fashion, and create my future. You know, you've heard that saying, if you don't like what you have, change what you're saying. That's, very, that's a very good, very good saying. Words are powerful. Words are so powerful that the fruit of our lips is called praise. And the fruit of our lips is what God uses to begin to form and fashion. The text says, whatever we continually praise Him for and pray for. How many days have we wasted that you put no seeds of success out there? God, thank you that my steps are ordered of the Lord. I praise you that you are leading, you, leading me. You are guiding me. My steps are ordered of you. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Amen? God, I thank you that you will supply all my needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that you are setting up resources for me for the rest of the year. I thank you, Lord, that I'm favored. I thank you, Lord, that I'm blessed. I praise you, God, because he that has done a good work, for, work in me and in my family will perfect that which concerns me. What am I doing? I'm showing you how I pray. I pray that daily all the, over my whole family. 
I pray that every day. Listen, don't just sit back and let life hit you and hit you and say nothing. God said, I create, I form, I fashion. How? Out of the fruit of your lips. And then he said in Hebrews that the fruit of your lips is the continual praise that you offer God. Listen, it's life or death, what you speak and what you confess continually. Proverbs 18, read that when you have time, says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you, the Bible says, and you will eat from its fruit. This is what you have got to get a hold of. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus said, speak to the mountain. Now, we've, we've, we've heard that verse thousands of times in this church over 40 years of ministry. Speak to the mountain. Talk to the mountain, Jesus said, for surely I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea. Well, I'll tell you what, let's just look at it. Look at Mark eleven twenty three. 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He said, whosoever says this mountain, not people with great faith, whosoever says this mountain, write this down, your mountain knows your voice. Whatever it is in your life, your mountain knows your voice. Talk to that mountain. What are you saying about your job? What are you saying about your kids? What are you saying about your marriage? What are you saying about your finances? What are you speaking? Speak to the mountain. Speak the word of God to the mountains. Believe it in your heart, and the Bible says it will come to pass. Come on, church. He can move the mountain of cancer. He can move the mountain of financial disaster. He can move the mountain of COVID. He can move the mountain of addiction. But you've got to open your mouth and begin to give God words. Because He's a word God. And He works with words. How did He frame this world? He spoke words into existence. Joel said, let the weak say I am strong. Say that with me. Let the weak say I am strong. You know what you just did? You sowed a seed. You just sowed a seed. I'm not quitting. I'm not failing. I'm not, I'm not falling down. I am strong. See, when you start saying that God, God forms a new you in the future, my marriage is strong. My finances are strong. My family is strong. My church is strong. I don't care what I'm seeing, what I'm sensing, what I'm feeling. I believe God's word, and I believe God's report. See, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of taking whatever hell wants to send my way. I'm taking back what the enemy's stolen from me. You need to take back. Quit accepting everything hell sends your way. Because whenever you understand the power of your words and the power of fasting negative, faithless words, it will change your life. Let me give you three quick examples in the New Testament, of people who got miracles because of what they said. In Mark 5, the woman with the issue of blood, she was sick. Used all her finances going to doctors, trying to get better. They couldn't help her. And then she said within herself, but just touch the hem of... She had to say something. 
If I can just, if I can but just touch the hem of his garment, I will be, I will be made whole. But watch this. The miracle didn't start until she started speaking. And when she said it, God said this, I was waiting on that. I'll form that. I'll fashion that. I'll mold that. And when she got there, literally hundreds of people are touching Jesus' garments. But, watch this, only one said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. Said it. Said it. The second example, David and Goliath in the Old Testament. We read right over the story, and sometimes we miss the amazing lesson that was being taught about Goliath. The Bible said for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath put on his armor and walked out onto the battlefield and trash-talked those people. Humiliated the Hebrew God. Humiliated the Hebrew people. The first thing that they heard as the sun came up is the voice of negative words from, that, from Goliath. And defilement of their God. The Bible said as the sun was setting, Goliath would put his armor back on, walk right back out, and do it again. The devil said, the first thought I'm going to give them is going to be negative. The last thing they hear before they go to bed is going to be negative. But David shows up on the scene. Here's the thing about David. David was a worshiper. A lot of people miss that fact. They think he's just a little kid that, you know, Killed Goliath and became king. David was a worshiper. And in Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible says, singing, singing to yourself with hymns and spiritual songs, making melodies in your heart unto the Lord. That's what David did. So when you're a praiser, watch this, you possess power, and you better not mess with the praiser. David shows up, and hears this giant trash-talking everybody, morning and night, and he asks a pretty important question. He said this, it's in the Bible, it's in your word, and I know you've read it, but he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Some people look at that and they kind of, oh, why would he say that? Why is he so descriptive? Why has he got to go there with that? But understand this, circumcision was a mark of the covenant. God told Abraham, circumcise all the male children on the eighth day of their life, signifying that I have a covenant with them, that I fight their battles, that I am the provider, that I am their source. It's a sign. When David was saying, what he was saying was when I was only eight days old and received the mark of the covenant, I want you to know that I had more power than Goliath that is standing out there trash talking. I got more power than he has. Because all of heaven's angels stand behind the covenant of the blood and the mark of that covenant. And David began to speak. He speaks words. He says, the same God that helped me kill the bear and the lion will deliver you into my hands. And he ran out and he defeated Goliath. But not without the power of words. Without the power of confession. The last example is a Syrophoenician woman. Here's what that means. She was a Gentile. She was not Hebrew. She was not Jewish. She had no right to the blessing. And Jesus said even to her, when she said, please, Master, my daughter is demon-possessed. 
Let me stop right there and say, if you think Satan is not targeting our young people with demonic spirits, you're crazy. Demonic activity, demonic oppression, demonic depression, suicidal thoughts, our young people are facing like never before. All of these are targeting our young people. She's there and get my daughter free. She's there in a desperate state to get her daughter delivered from an unclean spirit. And she said, Jesus is not right for me. Or Jesus said, it's not right for me to get the children's bread to dogs with the crumbs. Look at Mark 7, 28. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. Everybody say, she said. Not she said, she said. But even the dogs get the crumbs, master. She said. And Jesus made this incredible statement. He said, great is the woman's faith. And watch this. He said that because of this woman's saying, speaking. Go your way, woman, because of what she said. Listen, you can walk into your kid's bedroom and plead the blood of Jesus and demons have to go. There was a time in my life when I was running from God. I wasn't right with God. I, I mean, I was, I was saved. I know I was saved. But I was totally out of fellowship with God, going places, going to clubs, stuff I shouldn't be doing. I was young. I was living at home. And my mom and my dad would walk into my room and pray over my just pray in my room. While I was gone. Now, when it was hot in the summer, it was the coolest room in the house, my bedroom. When it was cold in the winter, it was the warmest room in the house. And during this time, it was the summer, and I'd go in there and I would burn up. I mean, just sweat. Just after I come home, I just sweat. I thought, dear, what, what are they doing? I mean, I'll go look at the, in the thermostat, 68, 69, and I'm sweating. I'm uncomfortable. I can't get comfortable. It wasn't because the thermostat was set not low enough. It's because the heat of those prayers were set pretty high. And I, I mean, I couldn't get comfortable. See, here's the thing. We're not a bunch of victims. We're victors. And you may say, well, Craig, why does God bless some people, but he doesn't bless me? Well, my question is, what's coming out of your mouth? Is it gloom, despair, and agony on you? Or is it praise? Is it the word? What are you saying? Well, my bills aren't paid. You just confessed something. Your bills aren't paid. Well, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not confessing it. I'm just saying that's a fact. No, you just confessed it. What you need to say is change that vocabulary and say, I'm believing God that my bills are going to be met. Right now, it doesn't look real good. But that's okay because I serve a God that will supply my needs. Three voices that talk to you. Number one, the voice from the pit. Probably cancer. It is cancer. It's going to be fatal. The second voice that speaks to you is the voice of God, which is His Word. Healing, health, peace. Speaks joy into your life. Love, acceptance, salvation. He's speaking success over you. Read the word. 
And then there's the third voice. You know who third, the third voice is? You. You. Your voice. Look at Malachi chapter 2, verse 17. It says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. Stop right there. <laughs> you have wearied the Lord with your words. In this long pandemic that we have been in, I can't help but think, is God weary with our words? What have we been speaking during this pan pandemic? Has it been faith? You know, everybody around me is getting COVID. Look what it's doing to our economy. What are we speaking? In 2 Kings 4, the widow woman's son died. And the Bible said she was going to get the prophet to tell him to come pray for her. And Gehazi, the son, the servant, came and asked her three questions. He said, number one, it is, is it well with you? And she had a statement of faith, and she says, it is well. The prophet asked, is it well with your husband? And she said, it is well. Then the third question that prophet asked was, is it well with your son? And that's where most of us would have lost it because he died. But watch this powerful statement she said. She said, it is well. That's what you, with tears streaming down your face, you look up with a spirit of gratefulness and say, God, it is well. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. It is well. Whatever comes, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about the Antichrist. I'm not worried about 666. I'm not worried about Washington. I'm not worried about anything. It is well. Have you ever seen a magnet and how it reacts? If you put a magnet over things, but it doesn't have the nature of that magnet... Those things will just lay there. But if it's got the same nature as the magnet has in it, it will pick it right up. One of these days, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that lives inside of me, there's going to be a blast from a trumpet. And all of a sudden, you know what's going up? I am. You are. Those that have Christ Jesus in them. The hope of glory, his very nature is in us. And like a magnet, we get sucked up. It is well. It is well. Change your words and you change your life. I want you to help me preach. Look at your neighbor and say, It is well. It is well. Several years ago, a long, long time ago. I was probably at my highest peak of traveling with the power team. I was gone all the time. I mean, Tracy playing mom and dad. Weeks I was gone. Get on an airplane, travel to the city, come back for two days, basically wash my clothes, go back to the city, get on an airplane, go to the next city. 
speak in schools all day long, have a night meeting every night. Literally, we start 6 in the morning, we wouldn't go to bed at 11 o'clock at night. And this went on for about maybe two years. I mean, just, you know, every single week. And I'd have a week off about every two or three weeks, I get a week off. But I remember getting on those airplanes, and I remember when I first got into the ministry of the power team, it was the most exciting thing in the world for me. I mean, it was, it was, it was an awesome experience. I had prayed, God used me to touch people around the world. And God saw fit to use this vehicle called the power team. And I'll never forget the first day that I, I, I went and did my tryouts. I went and I did a three-month trial basis with them. They finally said, yes, we want, we want to hire you full-time. And, and I'll never forget the first time, you know, because I used to watch the power team every Saturday night. It was on TBN. And they, had these <laughs> they looked like comic book suits. We had these blue and red and black suits that we'd wear and jackets and pants and stuff. And we'd go on stage. And, and, and when I joined the power team, they were at what I called the, the crest of the wave. We were selling out 10, 15, 20,000 people a night in these big coliseums we'd go to. But I remember the first time that I got, it, got my suit, and I was so proud of it. That I was driving back from Stevensville, Texas, back to Davis, where we lived at the time, and, and I wore my suit in the truck. And I just had to, couldn't wait to pull into Whataburger and get me a burger. And I went into my suit. I look back at it now, like, what was I doing? But I was just so proud, you know. You know, it's so just it's accomplishment. I was just proud, and boy, people, you know, people. People knew who the power team was. And boy, people would line up and, hey, can I get your autograph and talk to me? And it was just awesome. But I got back in my truck. I was driving back home. And, and I said these words. I'll never forget this. I said, I said, God, if this ever becomes a job and not a ministry, I'll get out. So fast forward back into getting on the airplanes, getting off, coming home, going, traveling. I wish I had a dime for every high school, gymnasium, basketball locker room I sat in and got dressed in before he went out and spoke at a school. But I sat there one time, and I was tired. I'd been on my second week, 14th day. I was give out. Had to go out and speak in front of these, these kiddos, probably a thousand kids in high school. And I got to think about how tired I was. I got to feel sorry for myself. And it was, it was amazing how God reminded me what I prayed for, what I praised for, what I said with my lips when I was 14 years old. God picked me to reach this world for you. And as I went out that assembly, I can honestly tell you, it's probably one of the best assemblies I've ever had. Kids stood up, they applauded, came to me afterwards. Just you wouldn't believe the stories the kids would tell you. And I got back in, 
sat down, was putting on my shirt, and getting ready to go out and have lunch and do it again. And I heard God speak these three words to me. It is well. It is well. It's not always about you. And I realized that day that I had been given one of the greatest opportunities in the world. And how dare me get tired and complain and grumble about the very thing I asked God to do. Be careful that you don't complain and grumble and get tired of the very thing you asked God for. Because I promise you, it will go away like that. It will disappear. I remember, I'd always share my testimony, how I got saved, how I led dad to the Lord. And I just cry, cry like a baby. Here I am on the stage, all these big muscle-headed guys, and I get there and I, I couldn't share that testimony without crying. And I said these words. I said, God, I'm tired of crying every time I share his testimony. Let me stop crying so I can get through it. And guess what happened? I didn't cry again. Didn't shed a tear. It became very robotic. Very mechanical. No, not nothing personal anymore about it. And man, I said, God, I'm sorry. I said, please, please forgive me. I said, if you want to let the tears flow, okay, go ahead. And they came back. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you pray. Not to quote Garth Brooks, but sometimes you need to thank God for unanswered prayers. Amen? Be careful what you say. Be careful what you speak. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. And here's what I want to do. I just want to speak a blessing over you. Blessing over your family. Blessing over your business. How many business owners do we have in here right now? Amen. A lot of business owners. Must be blessings over those businesses. You know, people say, well, now's not the time to open a business or have a business. You know, now's not the time. Listen, that's what, that's what the world says. God, pre, God created that business in you. God put it in you. You're going to be successful. We got employees in here. We've got uh, a salesman in here. We've got business owners in here. We got mamas in here. The greatest job of the world being a mama. And let me say this. It doesn't matter what the stock market does, what the oil prices do, what the, what, you know, Fox or CNN News tell you, what the evening news tells you, we win. God will supply every need that you have. Rest assured, you're not going without. I don't see anybody in here starving to death right now. You all look very nice, have clothes on your back. You drove here in a You're probably going to go lunch after this. If you want to send me some money to go lunch, that's fine. But God's going to take care of you. God's got you. Like I said Wednesday night, 
1 Corinthians talks about how God made you to win. He made you to win. You've been created. You've been fashioned to be a success, to be a winner. And so you take that with you when you leave today. Father, I thank you for every person watching online right now, every person that's here in this sanctuary right now. I speak grace, mercy upon every one of them. I thank you for the business owners that are here, Lord God, employees, salesmen, Lord, all the people that represent any kind of opportunity and jobs. That, Father, you bless them beyond what they can imagine, think, or hope. Father, let it be incomprehensible of the blessing that's coming their way this year. I speak that into existence. Doesn't matter about the economy. Doesn't matter about what's going on. Lord God, you, we're, we're about your economy. Lord, I thank you that there's tithers and there's givers. And because there's tithers and there's givers in this house, the need will be met. And the windows of heaven will be open. It's what your word says. So, Lord, we quote your word. The windows of heaven will be open. You'll pour out a blessing upon us in which we cannot receive or, or attain. It's so powerful, so big. We thank you for that. We walk in that this week. We step out of this building. We step into our marketplace this week. And we thank you, Lord, as we take these cards, these Easter cards, that, Father, you're going to show us that one person to give it to. That one person to invite. That one person that if we have to take to lunch that day, we're good with that. Because, Lord, we believe that those folks are going to come to know Jesus in a personal way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, with that being said, before you leave, listen, when you take one of these, pray about it. Don't just flippantly hand it to somebody. A lot of many say, I love people, but I don't want anybody from someone else's church coming here. I mean, I love people, but I want, I want the lost. I want those that don't know Jesus. That's, that's who we're targeting. That's who we're going after, those that don't know Christ in a personal way. And, I, you know, I've said this a lot, but how many here, you know at least five people that if they were to die right now, they probably wouldn't go to heaven? I know at least five. Yeah. You've got to find one. Get one. And then get them here. Like I said, you need to take them to dinner? Take them to dinner afterwards. But I believe you'll be taking to dinner or to lunch a brand new person born again. Because as Easter, we always do an evangelistic outreach. It's always evangelistic. It will be no different. It will be evangelistic this, that Easter Sunday morning. So get your card, get ready, pray, and say, God, who do, who do I bring? All right? Let's all stand. Thank you for coming here today. Listen, before you leave, either fist bump somebody, shake their hand if you want to be. You're going to have a blessed, prosperous, and awesome week. Today's the first day of the week, and it's going to get even better and better and better this week. Don't forget, come back Sunday night at 7 o'clock, the power hour, 7 to 8. We'll do it again, okay? If you need prayer for anything, come on down here. I'd love to pray for you. Right now, you are dismissed. Have a great day. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you.